0: Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast. Helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Western New York Entrepreneur, where we help entrepreneurs take the next step in their own business. And, you know, we're doing another Zoom uh, podcast recording simply because, you know, COVID-19 is still an effect, at least when this is being recorded and things are closed. But what's really cool is Eric Pine's business is not closed. He's the owner and founder of Urban Valley Dry Cleaning. He's been in business for over 20 years. And thanks so much. Welcome to the show, Eric. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. And again, Eric just opened up his business, reopened, I should say, after it being a hiatus for six weeks, considering COVID-19. So he's really busy. So we just really appreciate his time. But let's really dive in because we got questions to ask and we're going to help entrepreneurs take some next steps today. So Eric, if you don't mind, for those that don't know, our listeners that don't know you or don't know your story and what you do, can you, can you kind of enlighten them?
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. So this is our 25th year in business. I I was a, prior to getting into business in 1995, Dave, mm-hmm. I was a, uh, I was actually a political science graduate and uh, ended up working with kids as a social worker for about five years. And after five years of that, I, I scratched my head and said, hey, maybe I'll I'll try business. So long story short, I looked at a couple of different opportunities and Dry cleaning was an industry that uh, back in 95, uh, it hadn't been franchised yet and really hasn't um, until recently uh, been successfully franchised in a national level. So it's still mom and pops primarily. And, uh, you know, it's changed a bit since then. But in 95, if you walked into a dry cleaner, you you could expect to see usually a not real nice uh Customer service area, there'd be disclaimers on the wall, you know, not responsible for this and that. And business was starting to move beyond that uh, in 1995. Total quality management was really big. Uh, You know, taking better care of customers was in vogue and and it's only improved since then. So I saw that as an opportunity. I identified dry cleaning and um, took the $13,000 that I had saved as a social worker. Leverage that with uh, the SBA, was able to get another $40,000 uh, through the SBA to uh, start the business. Uh, bought enough equipment to get going, and, and that was really it. I was off and running. And uh, here we are 25 years later.
1: No, and, and I'm sure 25 years flew pretty fast for you, Eric. <laughs> so, uh, but that being said, it was really cool hearing your story in the beginning. Uh, so again, Tim taking, you know, Eric taking $13,000 in savings and no business or dry cleaning experience and starting something and now having employed hundreds of employees, paying millions millions in wages and, and now grown to over $2 million in revenue in an industry that has been contracting a lot since, you know, they entered it. So it's been really cool, you know, Eric. and. One thing that really fascinates me is that you've really set the the test of time because over 25 years, a lot has changed technology, the way we do business, how we treat customers. There's a lot more competition. I have to imagine there's a lot more options these days and a lot of different industries. So for entrepreneurs listening out there, Eric, what advice do you have for business owners to stand the test of time to really just, you know, go, go with the new things or the new innovations that kind of come out there?
0: yeah it is as funny as it may sound i am gonna i'm gonna say this i think uh at the heart of any successful business uh at least the the one that i've built and and many that i'm familiar with uh good core values um are instrumental and and, and I know it might be cliche to say something like that but it's true because those core values guide you uh day to day when things get, when the, you know, when it gets difficult and you know, you may be having those days or those weeks or those months to really, you, you know, have, it's those traditional values that your parents instilled in you and, because you're making decisions that affect customers, they affect other people. And maybe you can get away with shortchanging people in the short run, but over the long term uh, the end you know over the long term if you're if if you're looking at your business that way, treating people properly day in and day out will pay dividends uh, and I think if you reflect on businesses that you patronize and that you think are are good, strong businesses, I would guess that they reflect those values
1: yeah, so clearly it's not that easy, right because <laughs> You know, like when we were talking, you had like nine, you know, other dry cleaning businesses that really have not stood the test of time. So it's really tough to put nine businesses in a general sense. And it's almost not even fair. And we're not asking to talk bad about other businesses because that's not what you are about. and That's not what I'm about. But what do you think, you know, do you think that maybe they just, they didn't go with the times? Do you think it's because they just didn't, maybe it, not to sound weird, but sometimes things get boring or they get mundane. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question, and we see that across industries. And I, I I think about that sometimes, you know, with all the different industries. I mean, I think about you know the well, most recently Sears, but before yeah. Sears it was Kmart and it was Gold Circle and it was Twin Fair when I was a kid, and it's like what happened to those in you know those brands that had such a strong presence and they just lost their way or they didn't innovate uh, and and. You know, didn't keep their head on, on a swivel. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking about a small business, uh, in this case, dry cleaning, mm-hmm. I, I I've seen probably since '95 at least a dozen cleaners close. Mm-hmm. The industry leader at one point was Cadet Cleaner. I think that they owned Buffalo and Rochester. They probably had 25 locations or so, mm-hmm. and um, they didn't innovate. They didn't change, and they didn't evolve. Um, sometimes ownership if they don't have an exit strategy uh, tends to just, you know, everything gets antiquated.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, and I think they lose some of, the, some of the zip that they had when they were younger and they just sort, it goes by the wayside.
1: Yeah, um, and especially the way things are changing. Like, I mean, they use a really off uh, example is that like, for example, if I'm watching a how to do, like maybe it's something about WordPress site and I'm like, hey, how do I change this setting and it was even six months ago, WordPress has already been updated five times since then. So therefore, that video is obsolete. So things move very quickly. And one thing I said, I love I what you said, Eric, was core values. And, and you're like, well, that, that's kind of a generic statement. But one thing I, I noticed business owners, the, the mistake they make all the time is they say, oh, I already know that. Well, does your business reflect that you already know that? Does your revenue reflect that you know that? Does your, does your culture, would your employees say that you already know that? Because there's a difference between already knowing that and actually already implementing. So I think that's huge, right? And obviously in business, you know, we can say we already know that, but in the end, our, our actions really speak louder. And um, we all know what happens for those that, that don't uh, actions don't follow through. Um, one question I want you to ask you, Eric, is what's the best advice would you give a fellow small business owner in Western New York?
0: Oh gosh. Um... Beyond, beyond, you know, establishing those core values, and and then tra- as you just met, alluded to, Dave, um, you know, making sure that those are also you know at the core of your your company culture, and and get your well hire people who share those values, and then mm-hmm. build around them. I mean, that's that's instrumental. Uh, but one of the things um, in over the years for me, that has been enormous. And it might be um, one of the, probably one of the most important recommendations I could make. And that is, get yourself, if you're a small business owner, find a way to get yourself into a network of people, uh, preferably in the same industry, and ideally not in the same market. Uh, but, But a group that you can you know, either join or, or possibly even put together on your own, uh, get together, uh, have weekly, biweekly calls, and, um, you know, maybe even get together once or twice a year and share best practices, um, do some cost sharing, right, where you analyze numbers, and you look at efficiencies and production and productivity and all that stuff. Um, that has been instrumental for me. And I, my business really turned the corner when I got into a, a, an elite group of folks, many of whom are much smarter than I am. Um, and I'm, a, of course, a beneficiary of that. And these people become really good friends. You live the same life, essentially, day to day, but you're not competing with them. They're in different markets. And, and that, if you can find or build that, that can be incredibly important to your success
1: yeah so i was when you're going in that way that that route i was like is there a dry cleaner mastermind i know nothing about (laughs) so um but you do it in different industries it's not just a dry cleaning business as it sounds like
0: um the one that i am in uh or the i I have a couple things going but it it is the dry cleaning industry Mm -hmm. um but i'm not sure it has to be but with respect to sharing numbers and so Mm -hmm. forth and and efficiencies and pieces per hour and you know, production related stuff, that's obviously very helpful. But um, as you know, a lot of business owners, we, we fight the same battle. So it doesn't have to be the same industry if you can't find a good group. But um, I really would urge any any business owner who is, is on on their own island, uh, you know, even whether you're a pizzeria or, or what have you, um, find a group outside of your market that you can connect with and uh, become part of that group.
1: Yeah, and I think it's great advice. And for me, when I think one of the biggest things about an entrepreneur is like who's, your, like, who's in your fish tank? I use that analogy a lot. Like a fish can't I'll grow its fish tank. So if we're always uh, if we're alone or if we don't have the proper environment that feeds us, whether it's creativity or innovating or growing or asking us the hard questions that sometimes we don't want to answer, <laughs> but we need to answer, it really hurts us. So for me, I think that's really great advice. Um, so the next question I, has, I have is how has your approach to marketing evolved over the years? Because things have really changed even just the past year, two years or three years, let alone the last 25 years. What have you found most effective in your opinion Eric?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Getting into business so many years ago, I knew very little uh, about business when I started. So I did all the things that, you know, a lay person would think, think of, right? You run ads in the penny saver. And uh, at least back then you did. Uh, You'd run a lot of print ad. And you know I did some Buffalo Spree, different things like that. Um, And that was all okay. But what I latched, I remember reading a book. uh, It was on guerrilla marketing. um, And that was a long time ago. But uh, it, it opened my eyes to some of the other less traditional things that, that you could, that you could do, or that you had available, uh, that you had available to you. And, um, we started, it sort of evolved, but we started giving generously, um, to organizations locally. Um, and then it, you know, then we started giving to benefit and, and just giving more and more, um, to people and people that would reach out, as most small business owners know, uh, you know, were solicited quite a bit. And I just found that giving so generously to those folks, um, it, was a, it was a win-win. You were giving, you know, if you give it to a benefit, uh, everybody at that benefit recognizes your business and the other businesses that contributed, and they are much more inclined, in my opinion, to reciprocate than if they see an advertisement in the penny saver or the Buffalo mm-hmm. or, or somewhere else. And that has proven out for us over time. So, you know, I and my managers, we look for opportunities to give. You know, if we're at a diner and we see a benefit thing hanging on the wall, we'll take a picture of it and make sure that we get a hold of those folks. Um, because it creates these win-wins. Uh, and, and who doesn't like that, right? I mean, we're able, to con- we're able to contribute. Uh, you receive on the back end. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, but but in the big picture, it all seems to come around. And uh, yeah, from a marketing standpoint, that has really been huge for us. And probably for the last 15 years, um, that has been pr- the cornerstone of, of our marketing effort.
1: That's so smart, especially in a, you know, I consider West New York a small or a big room. <laughs> so, you know, I think when you just give, 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 I think that uh, it really does come back to you tenfold. And I think that's really smart. So you're totally right. Like I'm more likely to go with someone that helped the benefit that I'm. if the people are probably at, it, they probably have a huge heart attachment to that benefit or gala or, or you know, whatever that they invent entails. But if they see somebody do that, they're more likely to do that versus seeing their ad in the penny saver. All that means, or, or even a, you know, a Buffalo Spree, all that means is they have a credit card. <laughs> so, yeah. um, or a debit I mean, card, whatever you want to call it.
0: I mean, ultimately your service, all other things have to be equal, right? Your service has to be, has to be at least as good as the others. I mean, um, but assuming that's, that's in place. Yeah. I think, I think they're going to give you preference over, you know, over the pizzeria and you know, uh, the pizzeria that, they otherwise could go to.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Hey, really quick. A lot of great things are happening for the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast. We're doing free networking events every single month. We're doing them at breweries, distilleries, local coffee houses. So my question to you is, do you like free drinks? Do you like free food? Do you like networking with other entrepreneurs in the area? Then you definitely do not want to miss this. Go to WesternNewYorkEntrepreneur.com and sign up for our events or to be notified via email when the next event is going down. Again, the website is WNYEntrepreneur.com. And if you're loving these podcasts, make sure you leave us a rating, give us a review, and let other entrepreneurs know about this because this is just too good to contain. We're in a movement in Western New York for entrepreneurs where we're just helping other entrepreneurs take their next step. No gimmicks, no sales pitches, just good old networking, giving information and sharing what we learn so we can help our local economy and our local entrepreneurs grow. So be a part of this. Go to WNYentrepreneur.com. Now, back to your podcast. So how much importance do you put on self-development, Eric? I know you're a big guy, a proponent on self-development, but... Um, how, you know, what's the importance to you on that? And what do you focus on in terms of yourself?
0: Yeah. Um, in the early days, Dave is, is a leader of a business. Um, well, I wasn't a leader of a business in the early days. Like so many small business owners, uh, we find ourselves working in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was pressing the first two, three years I was pressing shirts, I was you know, doing deliveries. I was doing all of those things that so many small business owners find themselves doing. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, and you're doing it oftentimes 60, 70, 80 hours a week, um, without exaggeration, mm-hmm. uh, you, you don't really have the opportunity to develop uh, personally. You're just too busy. You're too tired. And then when you're not <laughs> busy, you're tired. So, uh, yeah. but as you, as you're, gain the ability to step back and work a little bit more on your business, uh, less in it, uh, and you begin to have more employees and stuff. It's important that, uh, as a leader, you develop yourself. And, um, I started, uh, again, and this was sort of an outgrowth of that group I was talking about, but we read we read a lot of books together. We bat around new ideas and new concepts. Um, and it's, it's amazing. And, and many of the listeners, I'm sure, do this already. But if you pick up a book, I mean, take your pick. Last year, I read a bunch of them, but one was on uh, hiring, hiring A players. It was a very difficult hiring market last year, pre-COVID, uh, because the economy was so red hot, it was, it was difficult. So I read a book on, on hiring. And you know the the approach to hiring many small businesses have is a vacancy arises, and you run an ad on Indeed or or how, however you go about finding somebody. Um, but this book just opened my eyes to a a whole new way of thinking about hiring, and it's about cultivating a a pipeline and always having uh, potential uh, employees, you know, on the bench, so to speak, um, or or in the bullpen and so now I have, you know, four files on my on my desk, and I'm always looking for people. And I'll be at Tim Hortons or wherever, and I'll be handing out cards. Hey, you know, you're you're a rock star. You know, if you ever think about leaving, please call me. So always cultivating new leads with respect to hiring. And that's just one aspect of the business. I, you know, you read one book, you develop yourself a little bit, and it just it, it, it keeps your thinking fresh and it really helps your business.
1: Oh, uh, I couldn't agree with you more because most of us, at least as entrepreneurs, the way we're wired is we just don't like reading. We like to implement. So, so as soon as we read something, we want to implement it, whether it's on marketing or employment or culture or maybe it's about profit or maybe it's about expanding and our scaling. So I think it's really cool is like, you're totally right. Like if I notice my, I'm really lethargic or if I notice I'm not like passionate about something, read a book, I like, get a good recommendation on a book for a business or it could be about anything that maybe you might be interested in growing in and I guarantee you're going to probably want at to least, at least have the feeling to take action. So um, I think that's really smart. So self-development is really important. So um, next question is. Hey, hey
0: Dave, before we move on, can I, yeah. would you mind if I just plugged a couple books? Um, For the folks that might be listening, uh, if if they're looking for some material, I've got a couple that I wanted to mention that I thought were fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Yeah, there's a book um, called Traction by Gino Wickman, um, and he's created his own management model. It's called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it's a super popular red hot book right now. And um, probably a fair amount of listeners have, have already read it, but that's a great one. And then Multipliers by Liz Wiseman, you know, as leaders, do we multiply, do, do we bring out people's best or are we diminishers? Um, you know, do, are, do we as leaders, do we engage in activities and manage in a way that, that, that minimizes or reduces the ability of the people that we manage? Uh, so that one's Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. And then last, I'd mention Story Brand uh, by Donald Miller which is uh, a marketing book, and it's just about clarifying your message. And uh, again, Donald Miller is super hot right now, too. Yeah, uh, that's
1: a that's a fantastic read. What what was the title for Donald Miller again? It's called The Story Brand. Am I the one that recommended that to you or no?
0: Uh, It sounds like you've read it, but no, I, I, I don't believe you did, Dave.
1: Okay. No worries. Cause I remember I was having a conversation, you know, a couple months ago and I, I talked about that book to everyone. So um, that is awesome. That's a good, I, I tell you what, I had to reach, I had to read five pages at a time because it was so dense with information that I couldn't even, I, I couldn't imagine reading a whole chapter in 20 minutes cause I, I couldn't absorb it all. It was so good. Um, I was second that one for sure. Uh, my next question, cause obviously COVID-19 is a pretty hot topic right now for any business. Cause Let's be real, even when COVID-19 ends, things are not going to go back to normal, 100% to the normal. The way that things have changed, the way companies have innovated, it's just it's going to be different. People are going to be a little weary for a while for doing the same things before. So my question is, what's your take on this new COVID environment? and What do you think it means for businesses?
0: Yeah, it's it's funny, right? I mean, um, it's not funny, but...
1: <laughs> um, I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I mean... Pre, it's you know pre-COVID, the challenges as a business owner that we thought we had on a day-to-day basis, um, this this redefined challenge, um, right? So it's 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 a it's a complete paradigm shift, and we're having to adjust to something we probably none of us have really anticipated. Um, that said, is is I thought about consumer behavior, right? We're in a retail space, so you know, how are consumers going to respond to businesses on the other side of this thing? And that's what I was wrestling with probably the last month or so. And and what I came up with was, well, listen, um, we're all consumers. We all care, care about our welfare. So as we go back into the marketplace and want to go to restaurants and, and the hardware store and all of those things, we're going to want, I mean, prior to I guess agreeing to be a, a patron somewhere, we're going to want to know that that, in, that that organization is is recognizing the the danger that may exist and, and taking care of me and my family, mm-hmm. um, right? So, so you're going to have these businesses. They're either going to they're going to implement safety protocols and they're going to communicate to that that to their customers, uh, or they're not, or they're not going to do it well. Uh, And even if they do it, maybe they won't communicate it well. So I think as consumers, we are going to have businesses that we put, let's call it the trust bucket. We're going to put certain businesses in the trust bucket. And businesses that we don't feel are on top of their game with respect to cleanliness and, you know, are they wearing, you know, facial protection or whatever it is in our minds we think they need to be doing. If we don't feel they're doing that, we're going to put them in the questionable bucket. And I think even on a subconscious level, we are going to gravitate to those businesses that we place in the trust bucket, like they're they're on top of their game, and uh, and they're taking care of that. So I, I it, with respect to my own business, I said, you know what, we need to get out front of this thing, and we need to create trust with our customers, and we need to not only communicate that we're doing things, but organizationally, we need to make sure that we are implementing everything that we can, everything that's consistent with CDC recommendations to make sure that they have as much confidence as possible in what we're doing. And and that would be my advice to any company looking to reopen. Uh, Make sure that you position yourself that way in your space and try to take the lead in your market with respect to trust and safety in this new environment. I think it's going to be important.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And people want to know that you're the leader, you're the innovator, not just the follower. And, um, and by the time we react, a lot of times we're too late. <laughs> so we want to be uh, proactive versus reactive. I couldn't agree more. So um, I, one thing, my favorite part about running this podcast, Eric, is stories. Uh, I love stories, I love hearing people's stories, uh, good, bad, the ugly, the the surprise, the, the, even the boring ones. They're like, oh, well, I have a pretty boring story. I'm like, you know what, your story matters. So my question is, you know, from starting the business from the ground up, there had been some unique challenges. I'm sure there have been some low points along the way. How were the early days for you and do you have any particular memories that stand out?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, wow, that's, that's quite a question. Um, I'm I'm not much of a storyteller, but when I think back to the earlier, you know, back to you know, the, when the I employ forty-three people now, and you know, once upon a time it was like two of us. So, uh, and that's when your business is undercapitalized, and you don't really have much room to move, and you're working and you're in your and things can be difficult. And and the message, I guess, I would expend, I I would extend to um you know the folks that are are newer in business and and are grinding it and they're working in their businesses um you know do your bad great book uh called the e-myth was created it was a real turning point for me uh and that's about how to you know how to get from in your business uh out of your business and work on your business and i read that about a long time ago but uh, real easy read, but I really recommend it. Uh, Michael Gerber, The E-Myth. Um, but uh, back when, you know, I guess it'd be around 98, you know, I was working in my business and things were just, you know, not going well. I wasn't making any money and, um, you know, I'm working a, a gazillion hours and all that stuff. And I remember, you know, sitting one night because my equipment, the equipment I bought was all old. It was all used because I wasn't properly capitalized. Mm-hmm. And sitting on the floor, you know, um, tearing. it was 1130 at night. I, I come into work at 5 a.m. This had been going on a couple of years. Working on equipment because I'm my own mechanic because I couldn't afford mm-hmm. to fix any or have anybody come in to fix it. So uh, I remember sitting there sobbing on the floor, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought it was over. I was like, I don't, I just don't think this is going to work. Yeah. And, and the biggest, I guess, you know, the the single most important characteristic of a successful business owner is resilience. Uh, and, and that's probably followed by tenacity. So, um, you know, the message is in all of that, uh, you know, don't give up, uh, you know, fight the, the sun will come up again. And, um, a lot of folks pull the ripcord, um, And I'm not saying you want to put good money after bad necessarily, but um, if you feel like you, you know, you, you can still pull through, don't give up Um, just keep making your breaks and working hard and, and it'll work for you.
1: I appreciate you sharing that Eric. And you know, you're not, you're definitely not the first, you're definitely not gonna be the last talking about, you know, you know, you know, like I said, it's stopping on the floor because you know, I've been there and I uh, think this is really going to work. Does this make sense? You know, did I make the right choice? What I have put 80 hours in this week? And I feel like I'm no, if anything, I feel like I'm three steps back. And I think any entrepreneur who's been an entrepreneur for at least 10 plus years has a story like that. And if they don't, I'm guessing they're lying. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm guessing, or they had the greatest luck ever. So that being said, Eric, I really appreciate your time, man. Um, we're basically out of time, and 30 minutes goes by pretty quick. But if you, if you for those that are listening, I, I really appreciate if you haven't yet. Make sure you guys give us a subscribe. Make sure you guys give us a rating on whether it's Apple or Overcast or Spotify or Google Podcast or whatever platform you're listening on. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do. If you can leave a rating or a review, it takes five seconds, but means the world to us um, at the Western Entrepreneur Podcast. But, Eric, um, for our listeners out there that really connect with you, um, they'd love to learn more about you. Maybe they want to reach out to you. Um, whatever you feel comfortable doing, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, I, I check my email regularly. I'd be happy to uh, field any emails. Uh, and I can be, re- my email address is Eric, E R I C, at myurbanvalet.com. Uh, And and you can also shoot me a text. Uh, That'd be perfectly fine. Uh, My cell is 716-725-4718. And uh, I'd be happy to to chew the fat with anybody who's listening and, and just wants to throw some ideas around.
1: Yeah. So I appreciate that you're not the first to give the email and the personal sellout. So, you know, we're just so lucky to have amazing entrepreneurs in our own backyard in Western New York. And you know, there's amazing entrepreneurs around the world and Fortune 500, you know, CEOs. And those people are absolutely amazing. They deserve the airtime, but what about the amazing people in our own backyard like Eric that really just, you know, created something out of nothing. And there, I think there's just so much knowledge to be had here in Western New York. And I appreciate you Eric adding to that. So thanks so much for being on my friend.
0: Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it. And, and speaking for the, I think the local business community, we appreciate what you're doing for us as well.
1: I'm glad the feeling's mutual then. <laughs> so, um, all right, Eric, thanks so much, my friend. Take care.
0: If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to wnyentrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.